What's up, everybody? Welcome back. So uh, we didn't have an episode last week, because but you got an extra special episode that I filmed with Ariel while we were on vacation last week. So that was out there. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. We reacted to the Jubilee video of trans versus D-trans. Um, and then happy Easter. If you celebrate Easter, Passover, uh, whatever you celebrate, happy holidays. Um, and we're back tonight. So tonight we have a special guest um, joining me. Uh, she's been on my show before, and she is the editor-in-chief of the Post-Millennial and now Human Events as well, Libby Emmons. Welcome. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It's good. It's good. So I think um, I actually, so since you've been on my show when we did an interview last, I don't know, been last fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been a while since we've seen each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> we did, uh, you were here in Atlanta which mm-hmm. um, we had some fun there. That was fun. <laughs> and then we had some a lot of fun on TimCast about a month or two ago. That was great too. Yeah, that was fun. So, so it's really good to have you. So the way that the new show is, is we just kind of go over what's going on, uh, what's the news of the day. Um, and so um, I guess we'll... Actually, before we get into it, why don't you just introduce yourself so that everybody kind of knows who you are if they haven't done any of your other content. (laughs) Uh, I'm Libby Emmons. I'm the editor-in-chief at The Post Millennial and also Human Events. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Libby Emmons. You can subscribe to both our publications and go ad-free by going to thepostmillennial.com slash subscribed. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much my whole thing. That's great. And I have your uh, I have your Twitter handle in the links below, so people can go check you out there. So, cool. um, actually, when did you take over Human Events as well? Because that merger has been kind of happening for a little while. I know when I wrote my first op-ed over there, they it was kind of in the works. Yeah. So uh, Human Events uh, took charge of Post Millennial last May. Um, and then we were working side by side and then I was just given the reins to human events on March 1st. That's great. So yeah, I've been kind of <laughs> working on a, a little bit different branding and, uh, well, same, same the way it looks, but like different yeah. content, we're doing a lot more international news, uh, which has been a lot of fun because with the post millennial, which I love very much, but we were domestic. We are domestic and Canada. So we're U.S. and Canada. We're very North American. Um, And so sometimes stories would come across from France or Japan, look fascinating, and it's like, we're not doing that. So as soon as Human (laughs) Events opens up to international news, now we can cover a lot more wacky stuff from outside the Anglosphere. We did a lot of coverage of the South African energy crisis, which was interesting. Um, We've had some Bolsonaro stuff from Brazil, uh, Georgia Maloney from Italy, and the recent bans on um, what she calls procreative tourism. Um, Oh. Yeah, which is surrogacy. (laughs) So if you're an Italian couple and you go overseas and you uh, hire someone to have your baby for you and then you take the baby back home, Italy will not give the child citizenship. Interesting. (laughs) because surrogacy is illegal illegal in italy and france so couples from italy and france go to the u.s hire american women to do literally the dirty work 
and then take the child back home. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I know I wrote a piece over there. It was I run op-ed for human events this last week at your request. <laughs> yeah. That was based on your tweet. It was really interesting. Yeah. Which is, uh, I have it in the, in the docket today to talk a little bit about that, that top, the whole topic in and of itself. But, um, and then, yeah, so I also wrote, uh, there was a piece on France, the macaron coming back from China this, this mm-hmm. weekend and saying some really interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Really leaning into China over Taiwan. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it, I was like, Wow. So you're saying this as soon as you uh, you leave there. Okay, I guess well, you know I, I got you. <laughs> yeah, you know what else Macron did was he settled some energy purchases in Yuan, which is the Chinese yeah. currency. So, you know, if we have France, literally our oldest ally, is now uh, hastening the decline of the U.S. petrodollar, um, that's really messed up. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about France, too, is they're always protesting about something. There's something going on right now. <laughs> but also, and they're always protesting for yeah. more freedom. And yeah, Macron seems to want a one Europe government. So yeah, it's, it's things are getting a little bit interesting over there. Well, so I would we'll disagree. I would say that the French are not always protesting for more freedom. They're always protesting for more leisure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the leisure and freedom are kind of the same. Well, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like that's what they're protesting for. They don't want their retirement yeah. age to grow up. Yeah. So um, let's get into the first topic of the day, though, which is actually an interesting. Um, it kind of goes into what has been happening. Uh, we've seen happening with trans activists across the country. And I, I titled this Trans Activist Strike Again because... The whole stuff that happened with um, Riley Gaines on at the uh, what is it the San Francisco State University campus. Uh, she was given a speech, and she was after her speech, she was violently assaulted, and then basically kidnapped. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll play the video real quick. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm coming. I'm good. I'm good. Trust me. I'm good. enough of that that is um that's that's just i mean it's vile it's pretty shocking to see that there aren't any and this was your piece there there aren't any trans people in that video no exactly like you you watch the video and you're like wait a second i mean i I don't see like maybe one that identifies Mm -hmm. as trans but none actually look like what you would think and leftists yeah and the leftist trans people, they they want you to know they're trans. <laughs> you 
<laughs> they want you to know everything about them so that you can put them in a box and not ever question them about anything. No, that's exactly, that's exactly right. They don't um, want to be individuals. They just, they just want to be part of whatever collective, you know? Yeah, you know, and it's really interesting because we, like, I think that was the whole point behind my piece was, and I'll pull this up real quick. That was a really anything. strong piece. So the whole point is that, yeah, you see, I haven't, I haven't paid my $5 yet. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe since I'm, I'm working there, I can get it for free. <laughs> right? I'm hoping for that too, myself. <laughs> but that was the whole thing is that the, the left has been pushing, they've co-opted the trans community and they are pushing um, the narrative. And it ties in again with CRT and queer theory, where you don't, Except for with queer with CRT, they had to they had to get black people to get on board with pushing their agenda. With queer theory, you just have to self-identify into this category, destroy the name of trans people, and then when it's when it when you've destroyed the name and nobody wants to listen to you anymore, then you just choose a new identity. Yeah, I feel like this whole trans activist mob thing is gonna go very badly for trans people who are just trying to like go about their lives and exist. And instead what's going to happen is they're going to be cordoned off. Um, you know, people are going to be made to believe that they're all violent activists and what have you. And the same thing kind of thing happened with the BLM riots, which mm -hmm. you noted and the protests. And I remember seeing an Instagram post from, um, I forget who it was, but it was a, it was a throwback Instagram post. And it was basically like, uh, the time me and my girlfriend ran into a BLM protest and there were no black people at all. Yeah. And it reminded me of stuff I saw in Brooklyn and it was just a whole bunch of white people, you know, like at these protests and there were no black people. And it's like, who are you guys protesting for? You know, yeah. what are you doing? Well, and it's obvious that it's not, they're not protesting for trans people because if you are trans and you speak out, they, they shut you down. Like I, mm -hmm. I noted in there, I've had three events where Antifa has tried to shut my events down. Mm -hmm. The last one, they actually shut the venue down. They got the venue to shut down um, after we kept it quiet for months and it actually got leaked the day before. And then they canceled the day before. The and venue thankfully, yeah. And because the police force actually told them that they didn't know if they would be able to provide security for us. And so the, the venue canceled because they didn't want their venue destroyed. I mean, they, they caved very quickly. And so I'm literally just checking into my hotel room and I get told that the, they might have to cancel. I'm like, this is crazy. And so thankfully a church stepped up. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was one of the most, it enhanced my faith a lot. Honestly. Oh, nice! <laughs> because a church stepped up and it was kind of fitting that they stepped up and and we had an amazing event at this church that was like 40 minutes away from where it was supposed to be but i mean that the event headliners were me and chloe cole where we sat down mm -hmm. and we talked together and so you're you're shutting down a trans and a detransition detransitioner mm -hmm. and so it doesn't make any sense that they you know it's the whole movement is is wrong and you're right it's, it's starting to happen. I mean, we see the narrative online and it's how much backlash any trans person 
get, even I get, just because we're starting to see people say that just by being trans, you are pushing the ideology, which is categorically false. Well, the thing, too, that everyone forgets is before this whole movement. So I was in theater. I was involved in the arts community. There have always been, as long as I've been involved, there's been like gay people, lesbians, mm -hmm. um, you know, trans people, what have you. And it was never any kind of issue. Uh, if you're in like a theater space or whatever, and a trans person is using the women's bathroom, no woman cares at all. It's never like there's never yeah. an issue. The the issue I think um, is when is when you have these like huge guys with beards wearing well, dresses, yeah. walking into the women's room, being like, "I'm a woman now," and you're like, "Actually, that's kind of." It's kind of scary. You're actually being kind yeah. of scary, you know? Um, yeah. That, that's just not the same kind of, nobody cared before. And now everything seems kind of scary. And part of yeah. that, I think, is that the trans activist movement is actively trying to shut down women. They say mm -hmm. that advocating for women's rights is transphobic. Um, advocating for the rights of women and children is transphobic. Uh, saying that children should be, should grow up whole without being medicalized in service to gender ideology is transphobic. This is all what's said, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. And, but we watch it happen. Like you see the people in those video, that video going after Riley Gaines, screaming mm -hmm. horrible things at her. I actually yeah. described the, um, talking to my mom yesterday and my mom is very progressive um and she was telling me about how political violence is terrible and i was like oh for sure political violence is terrible and we disagree on so much from abortion to like everything mm -hmm. to ukraine yeah. we disagree on everything so borders i mean like you name it <laughs> um, so uh, we were taught and she didn't raise me. So I'm always surprised when she thinks I should have her values. And I'm like, you didn't, you didn't raise me though. Like, where would I have gotten your values anyways? So we're talking and she's telling me about political violence is terrible. And I was like, yeah, you won't believe what happened on Thursday. This woman, she was a collegiate swimmer. She went to San Francisco state university to give a talk on women's rights and to advocate for, you know, women's fair competition. And she got shouted down and was essentially held hostage for three hours in a classroom. And my mom was shocked. And she was like, what do you, she was just speaking for women's rights. And I was like, yes, she was speaking for women's rights. Um, and then she was like, but, but why? And I said, well, because she had competed against Leah Thomas who swam for Penn and was trans and then won the national title. And then Riley Gaines tied with um, Thomas for fifth place, but the NCAA gave Thomas the prize and Riley Gaines had to wait for hers in the mail. So then my mom was like, oh, well, there's a lot of political violence on both sides. And I was like, what are you talking about? She says, well, Holocaust deniers. And I was like, oh, has there been a lot of violence from Holocaust deniers? Because I haven't seen it, and we would definitely cover that at the post-millennial. Mm -hmm. We would definitely 100% <laughs> cover violence from Holocaust deniers. We are pro-Jew, like we're like, well, you know, <laughs> we would cover this. And she was like, well, I haven't seen any. And I was like, so 
so what are what are you talking about you know and she had she was just making it up she was just yeah. making it up um and i was like oh okay then well then i'm not gonna go looking for that story <laughs> literally fake news month <laughs> but yeah i mean it's so bizarre how like no no one can just like look at facts and be like okay these are the yeah. facts we're looking at you know what do we yeah. do now yeah <laughs> but you're right i i do feel and maybe it's the same way that in this i i've said this time and time again i think that you know the internet's not real and I, I it just it was it was clear to me even last week as me and ariel we went to the backwoods of georgia we went to north georgia we went to this bar in the small town of georgia like and it was like all lesbians working there awesome. <laughs> ariel was ariel asked she's like is this a lesbian is this like a lesbian owned bar i mean this is like a one horse town like not even a stoplight in, in the town <laughs> and they were like no and she's like just a lot of work here she's like yeah yeah and the girl was like yeah she goes we're a pretty pretty progressive town and i'm like oh <laughs> but i was like but, but you gotta remember conservative lesbians <laughs> but you have to remember in that part of town progressive means that they're accepting of lgbt people <laughs> right you know, it doesn't mean like progressive as we use the word. It's like, right. It doesn't mean they're different. coming for your guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but and then it was you, you talked about the bathroom. It was kind of funny. I, I mean, we went me and Ariel went into this into this bathroom and these older ladies, we were washing our hands and Ariel strikes up a conversation. This lady is like like they were from Florida and Ariel was like, oh, MAGA country. And they were like they got in this whole kick about how they love Trump and everything like that. I'm like, oh, wow yeah and they don't say it and they, and they didn't care that i was in their bathroom so it was one of those things like it's just what we see on twitter is not real <laughs> no yeah i mean it's real to a certain extent for sure because we all exist online i was looking at yeah. this recently because um you know zaya wade Dwayne wade's uh trans child yes. who is now doing a whole modeling career um, and like stepped out on the runway at 15 and it's, you know, this whole affirming thing, even mm -hmm. though like 20 years ago, there was a campaign in the fashion industry to end teen models, to not have teen models anymore because it was so dangerous for their body image. And now it's like a bonus for the body image of a trans 15 year old, but, but still not okay for 15 year old females to do it. Yeah. So that's weird too, but separately from that, uh, Zaya Wade gave an interview and was talking about how important it is for LGBT youth to have access to social media so that they can uh, like be affirmed online and find access to people who share their identity. Um, in the recent Witch Trials of JK Rowling podcast from the Free Press, there mm -hmm. was an interview with a trans teenager um who was born female and then was saying that what was really important was finding a community online and the, the on the podcast the the um the trans teenager was saying that uh she discovered he discovered his um identity online that yeah you know just felt weird and then it turned out that they were trans and this was an online discovery and so 
Twitter yeah. and social media certainly is the real world in a lot of ways because it can really push you in one direction of reality or the other. Well, I actually would say that that's why it's not the real world oh, is because you get you get brainwashed into thinking that something's different that it's not. Like that's the whole thing that, you know that's part of Chloe Cole's story as well. It was Instagram and she was seeing these models that she never thought that she could live up to and and so she was having body issues and then she goes well and she liked boy things and so she clinged and then she saw trans men and and cling to that idea and that's what led her down the path that it was. And so I think social media is a detriment and it's like when I, I absolutely believe in the theory, like when I'm, you know, depressed or anything like that, it's get outside, but these kids aren't actually getting outside and touching grass. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're consumed by their world online. Like it is, you know, their world is becoming virtual and they will have no issues going into the pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Uh, and the educational system does its best to make sure that they are manageable cogs in the uh mm-hmm. in the algorithm yeah well and it's and and that segues into what i was going to talk go back to rally gain situation because we have a problem with the media and how they report these things i mean we saw it with the trans shooter how they basically almost victim blamed um or at least covered for the shooter but then yeah. even in the rally gain stuff i mean have you seen these headlines let's say trans rights pro- trans rights protesters fill rally gains state event Probably the worst one, anti-Leah Thomas activists escorted by police amid protests. Yeah, I mean, Riley Gaines is not an anti-Leah Thomas activist. She's a pro-swimming, pro-women's swimming activist. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, she watched her teammates lose to Thomas. And if you, I mean, the thing with Thomas is like, he towers over these girls. You and you watch the jump into the pool. It's like, yeah, you know, oh, I, yeah, so much power. He's like, there's so much power in that body. I can't, yeah, I can't with with Leah I, Thomas. Just, what I don't understand <laughs> is how if you're if you're Leah Thomas and you're looking at these girls, right, and like you're into equity and inclusion, you got to look at yourself and be like, whoa, maybe. I am no match. <laughs> Maybe these <laughs> girls are no match for me. And perhaps I should take my elite athletic physique to a different, you know, a different venue of competition. Well, Libby, uh, inclusion is the, is the key to evolution. Didn't you know that? <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were talking about that today with that Bud Light Yes. Light yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to the they, whole podcast i didn't i just listened okay. to what we what we had that i uh, we you were right now the clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i pull i have the whole podcast pulled up but no. <laughs> yeah i'm planning to listen to the whole thing too, you know if i can get through it yeah if if you don't know what we're talking about everybody so you probably know the controversy surrounding bud light and everything going on well their new vp came out and talked about you know, their marketing strategy and inclusion and, and how it's the key to equity or it's the key to um, evolution because you have to evolve with the times kind of deal. They want to get away from that frat boy mentality, I guess. Right. <laughs> and that, so I think the worst part about this whole rally game situation is this one that you guys reported on 
yesterday that Josh reported on, um, was the statement made by the campus oh, it was itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so basically says, today San Francisco State finds itself at the center of national discussion. Let me begin by saying clearly the trans community, not talking about like women's rights, it's the trans community is welcome and belongs at San Francisco State. Further, our community fiercely believes in unity, connection, care, and compassion. They didn't have a lot of compassion for rally gains. And we value different ideas, and even when they are not our own. So they, they, they value different ideas, but unless you disagree with them. <laughs> and even that are not their own unless you disagree. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, and then it's a, it, literally, thank you to our students who participated in a peaceful peacefully in Thursday's participated peacefully in Thursday evening's event. It took tremendous bravery to stand in challenging spaces. I am proud of the moments where we listened and asked insightful questions. I am also proud of the moments our students demonstrated the value of free speech and the right to protest peacefully. Like, did she watch the same video as everybody else? Cause that is not what happened. That's not what happened. And you had that one woman screaming like, you know, oh, you crying, bitch? Are you crying? And it's like, really? This is this is the state yeah. of discourse for these university students? Exactly. And I, like, that is what it is. I mean, it's the silent or words are violence crowd. Like, literally, they said peaceful protest, but Riley said she was assaulted. And now, because especially after that statement, she is suing the university, mm-hmm. which she should. I, I completely agree with that, that that course of action. I agree, too. I was thinking about the words are violence thing. Um, I think I wrote something down. Thing. Hold on one second. So I was going to write an op-ed about it, and then I didn't. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, the rhetoric that claims that bills protecting women and girls are an attack on trans persons um, using the lie of trans genocide, it gives cover and makes space for people who would be violent and retaliate with actual physical violence. You know, because if you say this is violence, then that, you know, a person can use that to justify violence. No, that's exactly what it is. Actually, I was on um, my friend. So um, my friend's uh, a podcast that was called it's called Undoctrinated. It was uh, with uh, with Fee, and we that's basically what um, my friend Maggie had said. She said basically what you're doing is justifying and giving more people the excuse to execute like shootings and stuff like this, which right. will almost inevitably create copycats, which we saw one another one what uh that was was stopped in colorado there was a there was an almost shooting in colorado um there i mean there's violent shootings in this country all the time it's kind of wacky to think about getting to a point in your own upsetness about your own life that what you need to do is take a bunch of people out with you there yeah. must be like such a fantasy going on in your head about what that's going to mean. Yeah. And how it's going to feel because that, I mean, but that's, it's, it's, it, this is why I actually have a policy on this channel to not actually name shooters. 
because mm-hmm. I do believe that just naming them gives them notoriety and it could bring them, fa- they think it's going to bring them fame even in death. And so if you're already like suicidal, might as well go out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, which is interesting leading into the next topic, which is interesting. The uh, I don't know who Rebecca Jones is, but um, you can explain that one. But claimed... Governor DeSantis ordered a kidnapping of her son uh, while he was arrested on suspicion of planning a mass shooting. So actually, who is Rebecca Jones? I'm not familiar with who that is. I just saw the story. uh, Rebecca Jones was working in Florida. I forget what agency she was working with, but she was like a low level data person. And she had made claims that the DeSantis administration was falsifying COVID data in order to downplay the numbers of COVID in the state. Um, It turned out, if memory serves, that this was actually totally fake. And she didn't really have access to the information that she was talking about anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was wrong. So she got mad. She, I don't know if she got fired or she quit or whatever, but she was essentially disgraced in Florida. Yeah, and... um... Yeah, it seems like she is a, a serial liar, though. Like, that's kind of what I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. Like, this situation, she tweeted out. Let me see if it pulls up. Um, yeah. My family is not safe. My son has been taken on the governor's orders, and I have sent my husband and daughter out of state for their safety. This is the reality of living in DeSantis's Florida. There is no freedom here, only retaliatory rule by a fascist who wishes to be king. Mm-hmm. And Meanwhile, then, the boy was arrested for digital threats of terrorism. Yeah, I, actually, I think I have, we can pull that up too, because this is yeah. Andy's tweet. Yeah, Andy was on it. <laughs> um, yeah, saying he, he told his friend, spoke with the teenager as well as those messages he saw on social media uh, in the messages to his friend said, I want to shoot up the school. If I get a gun, I'm going to shoot him up. I'm getting wrath and natural selection shirts. So maybe I don't think many people will know what the Columbine shooters look like. Um, and, and continued on that path. Um, and she claimed it was all about memes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the video surfaces that she walked her son to the police station, mm-hmm. <laughs> not that with her husband, she didn't, like it was all a fabricated lie. I thought this was uh, on kidnapping orders. <laughs> so um, Andy said that her tweets were to promote her GoFundMe, which is kind of interesting. But then, after all of that even um, surfaced, but th- so she doubles down and says, "What's the difference between a wannabe school shooter and an actual school shooter?" Like, what is she trying to get with this? And it's still up. I don't know. Is that a joke? Or that that should be the setup for a joke. Like, I had to click on this to make sure it wasn't like Dennis, like trolling. And it wasn't. Like, oh, it, no, it says guns. It says guns, guns is the difference. difference. Oh, I see. So, so many of these school her... shooters have their guns legally. Like, they legally have guns. Well, that's that's always that's the issue in so many of the cases, not even just with school shooters, but a lot of these shooters in general, is that they either have their guns legally 
or they were on, you know, the FBI's radar um, for years and they never did anything. Even like the, the one nightclub shooting in Colorado, it could have been, I mean, they had, they have red flag laws in Colorado that they could have taken this person's guns knowing he was dangerous and they'd never enforce them. Yeah, that's a wacky one too, is like a lot of times they are on the FBI watch list already. Yeah, or like they've already been reported. Yeah. Yeah. So is that like and, a and that's, that's issue? Yeah. Uh, and so actually you made a post today. I don't know. I, I think it would be a law enforcement issue. But you made an interesting post today, and it's something that I've talked about quite a bit um, on different shows, um, and even on this channel, I've made videos and written articles about it, is that it's not a guns issue, it's a SSRI issue. Right. right? So, yeah. so because, I mean, I've talked about this a lot. I don't even, I think that's not even the root. It's not even just a SSRI issue, it's a big pharma issue. Because big pharma something... is the root of so many issues. I think there's a lot having to do with that as well. Um, the the Buffalo, that Buffalo shooter was, I think, on SSRIs. There's been a mm -hmm. lot of reports of people taking psychiatric medication. And there is something, I've been thinking about this. Um, there is this, so you have people taking a lot of these different, like psych drugs, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and you have the Biden administration, you have everyone always pushing mental health. And people, and they're also always saying that there's no such thing as normal, but they're constantly trying to get everyone to some state of normal, whether it's yeah. with like therapies or drugs or whatever else, they're constantly trying to like get you to normal. So imagine if there you are, you're taking a whole bunch of drugs, you still don't feel normal, you still don't feel like you fit in, you're being told that now you should feel like you fit in. Now you should be part of everything. You should be happy and doing all the things, you know, jumping through rainbows and eating Skittles and whatever else it is that makes people happy. Um, you should be doing all these things. And then you're still not. It's almost like we have an entire mental health industry designed to tell you that you don't have to be normal while trying to force you to be normal. Yeah. That's no, weird. you're right. It, it's like we, it's, they, and when they sell SSRIs, the same way as they sell HRT medications to trans people, that these are some magic cure for the issues that you're dealing with. And they aren't. Um, what I've talked about yeah. is the fact that, I mean, 40% 40, 40 of the people that take SSRIs feel emotional numbness. That's what they report. This is what I've heard from friends. They just don't feel yeah. like they'll have any emotional life after that. They just feel like they're separate from themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wonder, I've, I've theorized that, you know, possibly some of that, is, and that's one of the reasons, not just for the, the homicide rates and everything like that, but the, all the recent crime spikes, the violent crime is starting to go up. It hit an all time low in 2018. And now it's on the rise as COVID pushed so many people onto SSRIs. You also have a huge over-medication of children and teens. And the yeah. New York Times did reporting on that this summer. We picked it up and did some more reporting on it. And a lot of the, um, a lot of kids who are in foster care 
uh, are really over-medicated, like kids, yeah. you know, um, preteens, children, teens in foster care. And it's like, they're just, people are trying to manage them. So they jack them full of all of these drugs. A lot of the drugs too, that kids are put on are not FDA approved for that age group. So mm -hmm. they're on like a bunch of different drugs that aren't approved for them and that aren't necessarily approved to be taken as a cocktail. Yeah, so they don't know exactly what it's gonna do to the child. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the, again, it's the same with like testosterone. We're seeing mm -hmm. the same stuff with testosterone and, and trans uh, youth or puberty blockers. They're not approved for that use. It's the same yeah. cycle. Um, and I've, especially with like SSRIs and stuff, it is, it's like the government backs these big pharma companies because they, they finance their campaigns and all that stuff where we know that psychedelic medications with a therapist has shown proven results, yet they won't just let anybody try it. And I have friends that are like, I would love to do like LSD psychotherapy, which has been proven <clears throat> to to have to yield results for up to a year you know i don't know um, i took plenty mushrooms. of lsd outside of a therapeutic context <laughs> <laughs> and i don't i don't necessarily think it helps anything <laughs> i i mean I did, not, I, I did not find it i did not find it helpful i did at one point write a play that was based on a hallucinogenic experience i had <laughs> And that play is unintelligible. <laughs> I, I mean, pref I prefer mushrooms, honestly. Mushrooms kind of reset the brain, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going down. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going down the whole Joe Rogan route, and <laughs> right. No, I've, yeah, I've, I've done the mushrooms before too. I do find them to be a little more mellow than LSD. A lot I mean, more LSD mellow. is yes. almost like a violent assault on your body, you know, like yeah. you're done with but that. You and you're a, like, but if you take a smaller, if you take a small dose, I know. Cause yeah, it's, it's 12 hours of crazy, but um, you have to have plus a the, full 12 plus hours. The after effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, mushrooms is four hours and it's much more mellow, but I mean, if you do it again with in the comfort of a therapist, who's guiding you through and you're working through your issues, that's seems like it's something that could be beneficial, but people Maybe. should at least have the right to try it. You know? I, just, I barely even trust the mental health industry at this point. Like, well, that's the problem. I just don't that know. I the had problem. a therapist a couple of years ago and she was dismissive of my faith and then she was also dismissive of my my profession she was like well you don't really believe that and i was like yeah no i'm i'm actually totally opposed to abortion and she spent a whole bunch of time trying to convince me yeah. that i should not be opposed to abortion and i'm like this is not your purview this, this is, is not, not therapy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not therapy no. at all. I do have <laughs> friends that are therapists and I, and I make sure like if I need recommendations for who to go see, I talk to them because yeah, you're right. I mean, this is the same type of stuff again going back to the trans stuff because that's what, what i know the most is like we know that therapists are pushing this stuff and people are like that's not even what therapists do yes 
Yes, it is. Like you're, yes. you're telling me in a different situation, and that's what they do. That's exactly what they do. And it's like part of the entire mental health infrastructure. And you have Biden like pushing mental health into every school, turn every school into a community school where people show up there for the, the food pantry and the mental health and the, you know, drug rehab. And yeah, that's not what we need at schools. No. <laughs> that's <a> totally separate <laughs> story. <laughs> So what else you got? What else do you want to talk about? All right. About? Yes. <laughs> We're going to move on to the next topic. Hard segue into. Let's see. I got to say, okay. I like a hard segue. It's clean. <laughs> it's a nice break. You know, I like it too. So Donald Trump Donald surges Trump. in the polls after his indictment. Mm -hmm. So this one's interesting because let's see, where is it? Um, How I'm big glad was you the don't jump? have the toe fungus ads up. I hate those. I don't know. <laughs> they really gross me out. Yeah, I, I know. I, I... <laughs> Let's see. Um, I mean, I understand, you know, you got toe fungus. You want to, like, know how to handle that, but gross so, me out. What is it? Um, after the, his indictment, Trump doubled his lead over DeSantis. That's That's... I knew this was going to happen, though. I said, and this is the thing, I said, if they perp walked him, I said this two weeks ago, if they perp walked him, that was going to be it. He was going to become a martyr. And he still has become a martyr to everybody who's anti-establishment. Yeah, I think this is really interesting, too. And it's especially interesting, given that coming into this um, jump-started elect election season, which was jump-started by Trump announcing way sooner than anybody would ever announce. I mean, he announced, what, yep. November 15th, 14th of this past year. Um, and I was down there at Mar-a-Lago when it happened. It was actually pretty fascinating. But uh, yeah, it was cool. I was like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, do you know I keep getting comments? People don't like that I giggle on the... <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's funny. What do you want to do? Um, anyways, so yeah, so he really jump-started the election season. Nobody does that. Um, DeSantis yeah. has done this soft launch. He's out there with his book tour. He's making noise in a bunch of different states. I think he's coming up in, what, North Carolina or something soon. Um, he was here last week, I think. Yeah, For he's been in Iowa ago. like twice, if, I, if memory serves. Um, yeah. They have the they have the campaign press team. Um, they have the governor's press team. They have all this stuff going on. Uh, I feel like he should have announced if he was going to announce. Um, instead, with this little soft soft non announcement, he leaves plenty of room for everyone to go after him, for everyone to speculate. But he doesn't yeah. leave a lot of room for himself to like really step up and go hard. Otherwise, and also with Trump, what you have is the whole MAGA base. They love him, right? So yeah. if he threw his weight behind another candidate fully and honestly. I think that other candidate would get the MAGA America First base's support. Um, but instead, we're just watching the witch hunt against Donald Trump, the the mounting investigations and cases that are coming harder and harder. I think he's showing up this week to face 
some garbage from Letitia James, who's the attorney general of New York State. He's got this stupid Alvin Bragg stuff. His next time in court is December 4th, which is what, like right before the New Hampshire primaries? Yeah. It's like the more they come for Trump, the more the base is going to love him. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Which, and that's my whole thing is I don't know if Trump is the right. I don't know if he's the right candidate that's going to entice everybody to vote for him to win. Um, I think it's going to be a reliance that Biden's just doing such a bad job, and it's going to be one of these against the Democrat votes that would get him elected. But I mean, look what we saw in Georgia. Look what we saw all over the country. Trump candidates didn't actually do that well. So I don't know. It, it'll be well, a bunch I of think them that won. he has a lot of support. What's that? A bunch of his candidates won. Well, you're right. A, a bunch of them did, but a bunch of them like in well, I mean, Oz didn't win, but he sucked so hard. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, that was the same as Herschel Walker in Georgia. Like he was a bad candidate. And that was part of the problem is Republicans yeah. have not had good candidates, which it was really interesting because our um, our lieutenant governor uh, was endorsed by Trump, and he got elected oh, handily. Yeah, so and so it, did Brian Kemp, those... who Trump hated, right? Yeah, yeah. Georgia does. I don't. That's one thing about he Georgia. He Stacey Abrams yet again. <laughs> this time it was bad. He did so. I like Brian Kemp because of what he did for COVID, and that was the whole reason why Trump didn't like him, though. And that was mm. it. Was a lot of that stuff and. But he, yeah, he he did a great thing, and then he just passed my bill the other day, and he actually was pushing for it on the floor of the the uh, the Capitol a couple weeks ago. What was your What was your bill? It was the one I actually I sent you the last one the last one I freelance for you. The uh, it passed. We banned. Oh, right, um, right, right, right. Yeah, we banned all the tr- the surgeries and hormones for minors. For minors, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, because like minors can't do anything else. Right. <laughs> it all kind of started when uh, progressives started advocating for 12 year olds to be able to have abortions without parental consent. And I remember well, at the time being yeah. like, that's that's not a, like assuming that everyone's parents are abusive is not the right thing. That's never the right thing. That's what's happening mm-hmm. with schools. That's why I'm so against schools keeping secrets from parents. It's one of the it's one of the most awful things that you can do, and we see it time and time again, mm-hmm. where bad things happen when they do. And actually, yeah. um, there was a report out of England that no, that talked about um, therapists were actually telling parents to not socially transition their child. And then the schools were doing it anyways, against their wishes. Yeah, because they don't think that parents have any rights for their kids. Or even their therapist has a right to tell them what to do. Like, they think that they are the experts on this. And they are far from it. Yeah, all because they went to, like, teacher's college or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They learned how, they don't, they're not trained. And that's the thing is they're not even trained therapists. And that's one of the, that's why you have to tell parents this stuff is so that they can get them to a trained therapist which that's the whole case that sparked the you know the parental choice bill in florida because the school hid the child's transition and the child attempted suicide yeah and the wild twice and the wild thing about that story 
was that the teachers assumed that the parents were abusive because they were Catholic. Yes, that was. That's not that right. That was crazy. Yeah, Catholics are actually Catholics pretty open. Catholics are and the dad was like, "You open. totally misunderstand our faith. We love our yeah. children unconditionally." Yeah, I mean, so I'm Catholic. Doing? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I go to too. Catholic church. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> like everybody's pretty good at Catholic church. Like everybody's cool. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, they, you're right. They completely misjudge Catholics. Catholics are, I would say, Catholics are pretty progressive in a lot of ways. <laughs> and did you see now? It turns out so Jim Jordan and the Weaponization of Government Committee uncovered more of the FBI going after Catholics. In fact, sending FBI agents into churches to try yeah. and like uncover the extremists who go to Latin mass or what have you. This, yeah. This yeah. is why we just need to end the fed completely. <laughs> end it all. <laughs> all right. Just libertarian. Okay. <laughs> all right. The one good thing about all this Trump stuff is that it gets conservatives on board with ending it all. <laughs> right. Burn it all down. Yeah. <laughs> That's now, now, nobody. I mean, after after Jan six and the Trump indictment and all this stuff, everybody's like, the FBI is garbage. They're everywhere. Don't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Well, the FBI seems totally wacky right now. I mean, going after Catholics, using the SPLC as a source with which to yeah. target Catholics as a hate group. Yeah. Uh, citing the term "based" as an indicator of domestic extremists. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we covered you, that today. That's yeah. nuts. But yeah. then you also have all these Soros-backed DAs across the country that are doing all this stuff. Like we saw twice this week, we have the Bragg stuff, who doesn't mm -hmm. even want to prosecute self-defense charges anyways in New York um, mm -hmm. until he's forced to. Um, he puts people right. in Rikers for days without, before dropping charges when it's clear self-defense. Um, right, that then, was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the bodega worker last year, but then mm -hmm. this week, was it this week or last week, I there was, was the, week. the parking garage attendant who was sh attacked, shot, stole the person's gun and shot the other person. Then he gets charged with the same crime of oh, having a right. illegal firearm and attempted murder. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you, it, it's legal to defend yourself. That's part of the entire... <laughs> That's like the point. But yeah, Alvin Bragg doesn't care if the city goes straight to hell. He just wants to be revered by all the progressives in New York for having yeah. perp walked Trump and brought him to trial. Yeah. It was interesting, too, how the judge said no video cameras in the courtroom. But then they all made they made sure that they got their Trump in court photo of him sitting yeah. on those wooden benches downtown. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But he got the applause of a lifetime here at this uh ufc event over the weekend that was amazing <laughs> that was wild so look at all that toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's the thing is like, it's okay to have all that. It's like, there's a point to the binary. You can have all these things. Well, that's um, It's the interesting whole... too, how androgyny now, I, like when I was a kid in the 90s, androgyny was, there was like an androgyny fashion statement. We had heroin chic where boys and girls all looked the same. No one had any body at all. Uh, no one had a butt. 
you know, that was like part of the trend. And now androgyny, like it's not enough to just have androgyny as a fashion statement. You have to like make it permanent, you know? It's kind of a wacky thing. It's like, why not? Why not just like be like, do whatever, like wear whatever. It's not that big a deal. Um, I, yeah. I, feel like I appreciate people, toxic yeah. masculinity. It's, it's a good <laughs> I thing. <laughs> I tell my son, I'm like, you're going to grow up to be a big, tall, hairy man. And there's nothing. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's fine. It's a good thing. You're going to be six foot tall. You're going to be giant. It's okay. He'll attract he's the tall, right he's... women. It's perfect. <laughs> we talk about that too. I'm like, like, be careful of women who want you to who want you to do everything for them. And he's like, "Don't worry, mom. I'm not a simp." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness! I don't even know what that means." Okay. okay. Smart kid. Right. Right. <laughs> Not a yeah, simp. He's the one Actually, out there, I, like, I sucking my internet dry so that I can't. Even, <laughs> I don't even know if that's how it works. I but think. Um, actually, on. your, See, your right tweet now. in reaction. I think your tweet in reaction to that was, it, I was on the floor. I was dead because you said Joe Biden couldn't. What is it? Joe Biden couldn't even get this reaction, even if it was on Broadway. You're back. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening. This has not happened to me in months that it's just like oh. shorts out. <laughs> I have the, I have like the, I have the, the most of the internet that I was allowed to buy. Oh, the maybe you need street, Starlink. Whatever it is, the Wi-Fi or something. Maybe I need to Starlink. restart it or something. Starlink, right? I'll just call up. <laughs> I'll just call, call up Elon, Elon Musk. <laughs> no, I'll call up, I'll call up Ian Miles Chong. I'll be like, yo, Ian, connect me to Elon. <laughs> yeah. I got to get the... <laughs> Uh, no, but your tweet to the, uh, that was pretty good because yes, Joe Biden could not get mm-hmm. that crowd. And what is it? You said he couldn't even get that crowd on bro- on the Broadway showing of cuties. And I was dead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So going into the biden administration i thought this was actually really interesting for kind of our last maybe shorter segment was this whole idea that the biden administration is bringing in influence like an influencer army they're going to give influencers a briefing room at the white house mm-hmm. and i thought this was interesting because i wrote it up but that's not yeah you know there i'm glad you wrote that up <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I don't think anyone should be surprised by this, but I do think that we should no. make sure we are aware of it. When Jen Psaki was uh, leading the, the, the press response at the White House for COVID and for the start of the Ukraine entanglement, she brought in influencers. She brought in influencers and gave them the messaging for COVID. Then she gave yeah. them the messaging for Ukraine. And they know that these influencers, a lot of them are not super up on the news cycle. They maybe are not doing a ton of their own investigation and digging. So the White House comes in, glamour. So Jen Psaki was already doing this. Kareem Jean-Bahir was doing this. Now, Trump did also have a meeting with influencers. I know that Tim Pool went to the White House in the Trump administration and like, you know, talked to the crew there. 
But having an influencer team in the White House, it should really just be called the propaganda press room because that's what it's going yeah. to be. Yeah, and I, I remember because yeah, this has always been kind of one of those things that's it's it's really weird because they did have that TikToker that made the video at the White House. Remember with the long fingernails and all that stuff and doing all that oh, stuff. Oh, that, that was, guy like, with the white yeah. suit, the white yes. suit guy. So the thing about the white suit video that really I found troubling was that he was not wearing a blouse or anything or a shirt underneath. There was like nothing, and I just could not imagine the the dry cleaner bill after that like that must have been so i was just like oh man, like put on a shirt it's okay to wear clothing it's yeah. okay to wear a shirt um but yeah that was terrible and it was so embarrassing because i remember that video dropped at the same time as some actual serious piece of news dropped and they just looked so stupid for touting this whole Oh my God, he's he's actually not downloading porn. <laughs> this person here, Mr. Avatar. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's going on. I literally have access to all of his everything. I have access. I have passwords. Everything. I have it all because I know what young men are like. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> I have all the passwords. Um, I was we're getting once, off so. soon. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> no, um, he's out there playing. He's playing TF2 with his friend online. So. Oh yeah, that's always gonna draw it. Yeah, because it's spring yeah, break. Yeah. So. Oh. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so they they did, and I remember when Ukraine happened. It was like, oh, so you're gonna get all these. Gen Zers that know nothing about the world and just give them the talking points to go pitch to everybody. I think that's, that's yeah. That's and and you're right because now they have basically hired. And this is where I, I think you get into a you're gonna you're, you get into a little bit of ethics violations is because now they have four paid employees that work for the White House to basically give out propaganda to the country which all those influencers should now have us back like state state run yeah. media account either that or like why not just put the influencers in the press room let them ask questions with Pete Ducey and Kristen yeah. Walker and everybody else well, apparently that's what they uh that's what they had asked for uh, from the report that's what they had asked for and then they were mm -hmm. like we're just going to give you your own room and we're going to push this but if they're if they move in to start pushing um campaign um stuff then it's going to be really it's going to be an issue well that would be they're a serious gonna, violation i mean yeah, even exactly. when you talk to like the desantis camp like i've tried to <laughs> i've tried to ask the governor's press office questions and they're like nope that's a campaign question i'm like damn it <laughs> but yeah. you guys always get back to me <laughs> yeah exactly so, so they're yeah. they're gonna have to if if they give briefings to these influence they're gonna have to have like a C-SPAN camera in there at all times so that the people can actually monitor to make sure that they're not pushing campaign propaganda out there because right. that would be a huge issue. But there's yeah, got to be some oversight. Right. I, I, yeah, th this is just going to turn into the Dylan Mulvaney show all day, every day at the White House. Yeah, right. I don't think things are going as that great for Dylan Mulvaney. Um, the attacks, it was... There's just so many attacks. Um, I kind of hate to see it 
even as much as I think that the 365 Days of Girlhood, Pro- Girlhood Project warrants the constant attacks, I do kind of hate yeah. to see this poor kid just constantly getting lambasted. Um, I don't know if Mulvaney knew what, you know, 365 Days of Girlhood was was really going to entangle him in, but I I don't know. I don't know about this. I feel I I do feel I, bad for him, but I'm gonna keep attacking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I mean, then he like no plays next? into this. Is no the plays next into thing going to be right? like jockey panties? Is he going to do that next? You know, I, but that Dylan little hanky so panky. No, hanky panky would be more of the brand. Right? Yeah, but I I mean, it, you do start to feel bad because you know that these brands are using him, mm-hmm. which I found, I learned more about that this weekend too, was about CEI scores from the HRC. And how, Oh yeah. I remember you, you were working on that. And yeah. And so how um, these companies, it, it costs them more to lose their CEI scores, which is tied into their ESG score than it would be by these protests that will, go away in like a month. And so they have to use somebody like Dylan Mulvaney to push these woke narratives so that they get all this press for being an inclusive company. And so yeah, I think we need to really take a deep dive. I'm, I'm diving, I'm leaning more into taking that deep dive into ESG and everything like that because I Black think you Rock should. And, all those and the other thing too, uh, Congress had recently tried to pass a bill making mm-hmm. it illegal for retirement companies to invest based on ESG scores, and Biden mm-hmm. vetoed that. So, yeah. in order to get into people's retirement funds, you have to make sure your ESG is high because that's part of it now. And of course, yep. that's not actually going to make anybody any money. That's just no. No. no, it actually it will hurt them. There, it, there are a com- there are a couple couple financial company uh, investing firms out there that are trying to go the opposite direction and steer away from ESG. Uh, I mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. I had read it in that report, but it, it makes a lot of sense as to why so many of these companies are kind of like, especially a company like Bud Light would go to Dylan Mulvaney. It, it just makes sense when you see what they're doing. And yes, the VPs and all this stuff, they may believe this stuff. They may not. Um, they just know it's what they have to say in order mm-hmm. to keep their good standing with, you know, the HRC. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's really not, that's not what businesses should be doing because you can't serve two masters at once. No. You can't serve your ESG score and your shareholders at the same time. And the shareholders are going to be the ones that are going to suffer. And those shareholders, that's like the Ontario Teachers Union. I mean, we're not talking about like yeah. some big Park Avenue fella. <laughs> we're talking about like literal retirement pension funds put together by, you know, whatever school district or the garbage men collection union yeah. thing, whatever. It, I don't know. Whatever it is. That's what you're talking yeah. about, the restaurant work. I mean, yeah. I mean, the CEO of BlackRock basically said if they don't play along and be a good co- corporate governance, you know, they basically won't be a corporation anymore because they mm-hmm. like BlackRock and, and all them will pull their money. Yeah. And so it's messed up. That is. And so, and that's even when you look at like Alta, when all that stuff happened with Alta, 
their stock took a little hit and then skyrocketed within like a week. And so it's boycotts are not effective against these types of. No. And even just personal ones, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter where you spend your personal money, no matter what they tell you about, you know, what is it? Eat locally. And I don't know. Something whether locally. whether the off whether the offspring or Travis Tritt are having a t- having a, a yeah having a that way you know? <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter yeah what it's like I think I tweeted that I tweeted out that story I was like Kid Rock and Travis Tritt versus the offspring like, okay well and you remember I actually forgot about this when I was writing that article but I forgot that the offspring fired their drummer because he could not get a COVID vaccine. And so yeah, and he's working with Tim Pool now, which is cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I yeah. think two of their two of their recent singles have the Offspring drummer on it. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. And then Phil. So it's yeah, Phil. They're just they're just Phil's bunch of rockers guy. over there, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I go over there and I'm like, I don't play any instruments, but my kid plays piano. He's really good. <laughs> Put him in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Libby. Yeah. This was great. Thank you so I'm much. I'm so sorry on. about the internet, the Wi-Fi, the it's fine. It's fine for the live stream. And what I end up doing is I will start clipping these and I can just cut out those sections. So during the clips, cool. they won't be in there. <laughs> They'll just be me going like and then disappearing uh, for a second. As I'm talking, you'll be like <laughs> as I'm talking, and then when you I leave it to you to talk, it'll be like uh, it'll cut. <laughs> it'll be like the disappearing, the disappearing yeah. lady in the yeah, the denim shirt. Yeah. All right, Libby. Though. All right. All right. Where can everybody it. find you again? Uh, at Twitter on Twitter at Libby Emmons. The slash subscribe. I'm supposed to say that all the time now. It's um, a new thing. And I'm to say and humanevents.com. And, uh, and you can go ad ad free for little, as little as five dollars a month. Obviously, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Let me see if I Which can. It, I, there should be a staff login. There should be like a staff membership login. There should be, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm yeah. going to propose it when we get off the phone. That's the, you know, <laughs> the screen, right. the thing. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. But, I appreciate it. Sorry for being all over you. the place. You're fine. And this was actually fun because it shows this is how okay. me and Libby conversations always happen off air. Right. And so. Right. <laughs> So it works well, out. This, this was real yeah, life. And you say me, the internet's not Libby real life. Laugh. Yeah, me and Libby laugh a lot usually, which I actually find like when I go on other people's shows, I actually get to show my personality where usually my topics are very serious and they don't show my personality. So people, if they just watch me, they think I would be like this super serious person all the time. I'm like, that's not me at all. No, you're wicked fun. That's, yeah. that's the Wicked, yeah. <laughs> I grew up outside of Boston, so I get to say that sometimes it slips in. Oh, nice, nice. (laughs) All right. Well, everybody, you guys know where to find me. Click that like and subscribe button. Follow me across all social media platforms, and I will see you next time.